0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag.
1: The Lord ministered to me this profound yet very simple truth that it's not about what has been done to me or against me. It's about what's been done for me instead. Do you know where I'm going with this? Of course, I'm speaking of what Jesus did for me.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. One of the ways we can combat bitterness is by shifting our focus. When we focus on the bad things that happen to us, that's all we think about. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will be sharing how we should be focusing on the cross. We should let gratitude fill our hearts and be thankful for what Jesus did for us. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: As soon as he hears about Absalom, he's in. Did you hear about what Absalom's doing? Yeah, I did. Do you have his phone number? Yeah, right here. I'm going to give him a call. (laughs) Actually, Absalom called him. He was waiting for that call. He was just waiting for that time where he could mete out revenge and get even with David because of bitterness and resentment. Well, do you know how it ends for him? It ends for Ahithophel the way it ends for all who are given over to bitterness. He ends up taking his own life when Absalom doesn't take his advice It's a very fascinating account, by the way. I'd really encourage you to spend some time in the Scriptures in 2 Samuel. You got this guy by the name of Hushai, that when David and all of those loyal to him are fleeing Jerusalem, knowing Absalom is coming. And I mean, it's, it's intense. They, as they're leaving, and David to his credit, knows that if he stays in Jerusalem, and Absalom comes, it'll be a bloodbath. So he says, you know, we've got to get out of here. And all those loyal to David, left with David, all those who were not stayed to join Absalom. As they're leaving, they're, they're weeping and convulsing <laughs> bitterly, if I can use that word, for lack of a better one because Absalom is coming, and he does take the throne. And here's the thing. This Hushai says, I'm with you, David. And David says, no, I want you to go back, because you have to counter, and we need to pray, by the way, you and I, Hushai, because if Ahithophel advises Absalom, my son, and my son Absalom listens to Ahithophel, it's game over. It's lights out. So I want you to go, and you counter, and you're kind of like inside intelligence for me too. I need you. You're of more value there, feigning loyalty to Absalom, than you are with me. So he does. So it comes time. Here's Absalom now. He's there. (laughs) David has fled, declares himself, fancies himself to be the king. And now he brings in the advisors. What should we do to kill David? Ahithophel gives him his advice first. And if Absalom would have listened to Ahithophel, it would have worked. And so Absalom says, okay, thank you Ahithophel. Hushai, what do you say? How should we do this? And the Holy Spirit comes upon Hushai, and Hushai gives him this counter advice which in effect spares David's life, according to the plan of the Lord. It was totally the grace of God. And it's when Absalom does not take Ahithophel's advice, and instead take Hushai's advice, this is a smart man we're talking about, he knows, Uh uh-oh, he didn't take my advice, it's lights out for me now. So he goes back to his home, and he takes his own life. Why do I emphasize this? Because that's how it ends. Destroy bitterness before bitterness destroys you. Bitterness destroyed Ahithophel. This must have been a man of God. This is a guy you want in your church as a pastor. This is a guy you want on your board as an elder. Must have been a man of God. And you're telling me that bitterness destroyed a man like that? Yes. That's how dangerous it is. And that's why the writer of Hebrews starts off with this list of exhortations, and it's like, number one on his list is you better deal with bitterness. Don't even think about anything else. Deal with bitterness. Don't let a bitter root take root. It will kill you. It will destroy your life. And it does it from the inside out. It eats at you. Do you imagine for 10 years how that was just eating at him? Just even the mention of David's name and the the furious anger and rage that would come. If you'll kindly allow me to, I want to share with you personally, if you don't mind, (laughs) how God has done a work in my heart concerning resentment and bitterness over the years. I just want to be candid with you. I know sometimes that makes people uncomfortable, but just before the Lord and before you, as a church, a church that I'm so privileged to pastor, I just want to share with you very candidly how over the years, that, man, a thousand times a day, the enemy will hand you bitterness on a silver platter. Don't take it. Don't take it. A thousand reasons to become resentful. I mean, even in the marriage relationship, by the way. But here's how it is that I know for me personally, I was able to uproot that bitter root before it destroyed my life. The Lord ministered to me this profound yet very simple truth, that it's not about what has been done to me or against me. It's about what's been done for me instead. Do you know where I'm going with this? Of course I'm speaking of what Jesus did for me. See, again, if I'm looking at them and nursing this grudge because of them and what they did to me, I don't have my eyes on what Jesus did for me. Because I'm consumed by what they did to me. Do you know what they did to me? I don't know what they did to you, but I, I know that Jesus died for you. That should be a game changer right there, shouldn't it? See when you, now please stay with me, and the enemy doesn't want you to hear this, because the enemy wants you to keep nursing that grudge and watering that bitter root so it grows in your life. Because he wants to destroy you, right? That's his sole goal, by the way, to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy you. And one of the most powerful ways that he can destroy the life of a Christian is by way of bitterness. And he'll do everything he can to get your eyes off of Jesus and what Jesus did for you. And he'll keep playing that, that video over and over and over again. He's even going to post it on social media for you. And you keep replaying it in your mind. I can't believe they did that to me. And the enemies right there going. I can't believe they did that to you either. It's like the Lord's over here going, what about me? Yeah, they, they did that to you, but what about me? I died for you. And by the way, you know why I died for you? Because you're a sinner just like them. That one that you hold that grudge against. I've heard it said like this. I think it was Oswald Chambers that said it. Stuck with me over the years. It's not, have you been wronged, it's have you wronged. Reminds me of a, I was thinking about this last week, (laughs) my wife and I were talking. It was Mark Twain who said this, at the end of the day, spank your children, for surely they did something. (laughs) Right? You get my point. You You see where I'm going with this. So let's talk about the marriage relationship for just a moment, if you don't mind. You know, we just, we hold these grudges, and then it manifests in the silent treatment. I know you know nothing of what I speak <laughs> of, right? And sometimes it'll go on for days. Man, you're just nursing that thing. and They're wrong. I'm not going to apologize. I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, yes, you did. It's not, have you been wronged? It's, have you wronged? And, spoiler alert, you've wronged. And that's why you have to go to the cross. Because it puts it into perspective. I know for me over the years, whenever I'm prone to hold a grudge or harbor resentment towards someone, none of you, you guys are wonderful and marvelous. I'm talking about other people on the mainland, of course, but (laughs) The Lord is always so faithful to show me me. And oh, by the way, is that not how Jesus taught the disciples to pray? Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Do you see the connection there? Lord's going, so you're not going to forgive. And by the way, hear me, this is really important. I probably should have said this earlier just because you forgive someone does not mean you trust them. If you withhold forgiveness under the banner of, I don't want them to think that just because I've forgiven them and no longer hold a grudge against them, that what they did was okay. I think that's a lie from the enemy. You hold the key in your hand of unforgiveness, and if you withhold forgiveness. For what they did to you, what have we done against the Lord? Do you see the connection? Would you join me in Exodus chapter 15? We'll bring it in for a close, but this is so apropos, (laughs) this account. I want to begin reading in verse 22, this is of course the exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt, and they're in the wilderness, and of course God is miraculously providing their every need. Not the way they think, or when they think, or how they think, but whatever they needed, God provided. If he had to get water out of a rock, he got water out of a rock. So, verse 22, Exodus 15, Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days, interesting typology there, in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah, which means bitter. And the people, verse 24, complained against Moses, saying, "'What shall we drink?' So he, speaking of Moses, cried out to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and they retested them. Did you catch it? The tree is the cross. You better get to the cross with that situation, and you better get the cross into that situation, because only what Jesus did on the cross, the finished work on the cross, can turn that bitterness sweet. How so? Because. What does the cross represent? It represents all of my wrongs, all of my sins against God. Yeah, but they did this against me. Look at what you did against God. And God has forgiven you, and you're withholding forgiveness from them. And by taking the tree, the cross, and putting it Isn't it interesting? Just think this through with me, real quick. Isn't it? Because God could have easily done this. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what, man, that GPS is messing up, because I had no intention of bringing you to Mara. I was actually going to bring you over here to this other water source. It's just, it's wonderful, fresh water, and I'm sorry, my bad. And even after they get to Mara, he's not like, okay, Moses, take them here to a different place. No. I want them to know that this is bitter water, because I'm going to do only that which I can, and turn that bitter situation in your life, that bitterness, that resentment, that grudge that you have, I'm going to make it sweet watch me now. But you can't do it absent the cross. Why can't you do it absent the cross? Because He took your sins upon Him, on that cross, and paid for them in full, and you're forgiven. Have you ever thought of it like this? I hope this isn't Jam your gears or crash your hard drive, whatever metaphor you want. But have you ever thought about God not being bitter towards us? I bet if I say this, somebody might come to mind. How about when people become bitter towards God? Because of some perceived injustice. And they blame God. And they become bitter towards God. (laughs) Wait a minute, you've got it backwards, man. If anybody has any right to be bitter, it's God. Because of what we've done against Him, and continue to, and will continue to, until that trumpet sounds. And we're delivered from, as Paul would refer to it, and I love the reference from the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. (laughs) This wretched body of death. I mean, I look in the mirror every morning, I just think, wow. You know that, where he says, outwardly we decay day by day. I mean, it is, every day now it's like, whoa, more decay. (laughs) But, But inwardly we're renewed day by day in the inner man, spiritually. And we're rotten, man. We're rotten, right? I hope in closing that somehow, some way, I mean, I did my best that maybe the Holy Spirit will do the rest, especially for anyone here today that brought, well, you picked the wrong day to bring a grudge to church, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I speak to myself. I need that reminder. I need the, the cross <laughs> put into my bitter Mara situation just to remind me that I'm forgiven. There's nothing held against me, nothing charged to my account. It's paid in full. I'm free and clear, and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. One last thing. Did I say one last thing yet? I got one last thing. So you know when Jesus in Matthew 5 says the unthinkable, right? He says, pray for your enemies. Those who wrong you and speak evil of you. And pray for them? I'll pray for them, all right. <laughs> God, kill them. Kill them, God. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, if you will start praying for them, it will change your bitter heart towards them. Because how long can you stay angry at someone you're praying for? You know how they say, don't try this at home. No, try this at home. (laughs) Try it. At first it's a little bit, you know, it's a little rough and raw and you know, the it's hard to come out. You know, it's kind of like, Lord, bleh. Lord, bleh. Lord, just bless him. Just get it over with. Bless him. And then he does. You're like, whoa. Oh! And it changes your heart towards them. Because, see, now you have an investment in their lives and God blessing their lives. And you cannot stay angry. I mean, I know, shocking, right? Jesus knows that about us that if you pray for your enemies, they're no longer going to be your enemies. Pray for them. Pray for them. You, you cannot stay angry or become bitter towards somebody that you're praying for, for any length of period of time. I know some of us, and I'm not going to look at anybody when I say this. You know who you are. You know, some of us are, uh, you know, a little bit thicker and more stubborn and obstinate and stiff-necked than than others we hold on to things man we'll carry that thing a long time <laughs> no let it go let go of that perceived keyword injustice pray for them get that cross in there as quick as you can because it's a much needed reminder of your sin against god let's pray father in heaven i Again, I did my best. It's now up to the Holy Spirit to take it from here and take this that we've seen here and begin that process, as arduous and tedious as it might be, of doing that work in our hearts concerning bitterness, Lord. Lord, I pray for anyone here or watching online that has been holding on to this Grudge and allowing this bitterness to grow, Lord, I just pray that you'll minister to them as only you can. Reveal to them, remind them just how much you've forgiven them for. Lord, thank you for your word. This is one of those places in your word, tough stuff, but boy, so needed, so needed. Thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you heard today may have encouraged you in your faith. There are many revered Bible characters mentioned in the book of Hebrews, people who lived ordinary lives but amounted to much in God's eyes when it came to faith. Perhaps you might be the same. You're living your very ordinary life, striving to live for God, but sometimes you make some (laughs) hair-brained decisions. Thankfully, God's looking at your life and your faith as a whole. This should be encouraging to you. You don't have to live up to perfection. Continue following this series with us in the book of Hebrews to gain additional glimpses of faith lived out. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D., You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Hebrews. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor JD has much to share with you about what God has been putting on his heart. Faith is something that's ongoing, so keep it up. Join us again on In Spirit and Truth.